Well, I mean, it doesn't get much uglier than that. Uh, uh, the Grizzlies were handed a 134-107 to 107 beatdown by the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers. And look, there are a lot of takeaways from this game. I know we talked about the Bismack Biombo anthony Davis matchup going into the game. LeBron James played in this game. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. played in this game. And there were some injuries. We got to talk about all that coming up right here on Locked on Grizzlies. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everyone and welcome back to locked on grizzlies i am your host today demichael cole beat writer for the commercial appeal right here in memphis tennessee want to thank you for tuning in to locked on grizzlies with me today uh because we got to talk about this game against the los angeles lakers of course it's mostly you know if you're familiar with the following along with us every day here on locked on grizzlies when it's a west coast game late night game uh, Joe Mullinex is probably in, in his bed sleep by this point. So uh, you just stuck with me on today. Uh, we'll be back with Joe on tomorrow for tomorrow's episode. But again, Grizzlies Lakers, uh, first time we've seen these two, you know, play since uh, that playoff series, right? Uh, especially in LA, first game in LA uh, since that 134 107. I mean, uh, since the, the playoff series last year, but 134 107 was. The final score in this game, and quite frankly, I don't know if the final score even does it justice. It, well, it does. I mean, you give up 134 points, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, so many takeaways from this game stand out to me. Uh, Desmond Bain finished with 15 points in about 27 minutes, shot 5 of 10 from the field. We've seen Desmond Bain pretty much get up over 20 shots in most games, but the Lakers did a good job of kind of taking him away. Uh, I remember. Coming into this game, what I said I wanted to see more than anything was the Bismack Biombo versus Anthony Davis matchup. And, well, didn't really go too well for the Grizzlies. Bismack Biombo, no points in this game. So he's ended his double-double streak at two. Uh, not only that, he had eight boards, four assists, 0 of 5 shooting from the field. I think he had one block. Had a nice block against Anthony Davis early in the game. I thought, okay, he might, you know, give Anthony Davis a tough time. And then you look up. Anthony Davis, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 11 shooting from the field. But here's the kicker, 6 blocks against the Grizzlies. And that's what's really hurt Memphis when they played this Lakers team. It's kind of, you know, why I said it myself. I said it's not LeBron James who's killing the Grizzlies uh, in these Lakers uh, matchups. It's Anthony Davis because of his rim protection. We know the Grizzlies over the tenure of Taylor Jenkins, when they've had John Morant in the lineup primarily. But they've been a very good team in terms of scoring points in the paint. Anthony Davis just completely eliminates that and uh, when he sees this team. And the Lakers as a team, as Taylor Jenkins said after the game, the Lakers really emphasized taking away the three-pointer against the Grizzlies. And speaking of the three-pointer, uh, Memphis didn't shoot bad. Like, the Grizzlies made 23s on 53 attempts. But, boy... Look, man, I, I I know a lot of you have been telling me I'm almost close to apologizing to some of y'all, but I, I'm not I'm not gonna do it yet because 
I mean, the numbers are are ugly. And what I'm talking about is the Lakers in this game again. 22 of 35 on three-pointers. The Lakers basically uh, set an NBA record. 22 makes on 35 attempts is the highest three-point field goal percentage by a team with at least 35 attempts in a game in NBA history, basically. Yeah, that stat came from ESPN. Um, They tied a franchise record with 22 three-pointers made you know, against the Grizzlies. And the 62.9%, 22 of 35, the highest three-point field goal percentage in a game with at least 35 attempts in NBA history. So we've seen, what, 22 of 43, I think, uh, Dallas or Utah, one of those teams shot 22. And the other one was like 23 of 46, 23 of 45. Uh, Basically, teams are just having their way right now in terms of the three-point line. And granted, there are some games mixed in there, and I think Portland – in neither of those games did Portland shoot the ball well from three-point range. Uh, a couple other games mixed in as well where the Grizzlies kind of uh, shifted and got back on track. But these three-point numbers are ugly right now. And, again, I'm going to I'm gonna wait. Wait a little bit longer. But I feel you. I hear everyone that's complaining about the three-point defense. I just think you know, uh, this is the third time. This is the third time we've seen the Grizzlies give up 70 points in the first half this season. And that's just unusual for this team. You know, this is that's not even last season when we were taught we were having a similar conversation around this time of the year. Where we were talking about the three-point defense having to improve. We weren't talking about teams coming in and just scoring 70 points, you know, in halves against the Grizzlies. So this year is a little bit different from that standpoint. But uh as much as this team, as much as Taylor Jenkins emphasizes defense, uh, I'm, I'm gonna wait a little bit longer before I really go in on defense, because I think, I mean, as bad as the the three-point defense has been, the offensive issues are of larger concern right now. And they they those offensive issues kind of showed again, you know, in this game. Uh, I mentioned that the Grizzlies made 23 points. Got a huge game from Santi Aldama, right? Santi Aldama, 24 points uh, for the Grizzlies off the the difference between these two teams was pretty much the aggressiveness and getting to the free throw line. Lakers 18 and 24. Uh, the Grizzlies took half as many attempts, nine of 12. And I, I know, you know, I'll be the first to say it. Referees in a lot of these Grizzlies games have not been great. The refereeing has not been great. But when we talk about free throw disparities, I don't think uh, most nights when other teams shoot more free throws than the Grizzlies, it's not necessarily just as simple as that team's getting more calls. Uh, a lot of teams are just more aggressive. They have more guys who, who get downhill, get to the free throw line and things like that. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is the, the one guy on the Grizzlies who's kind of – he's really good at drawing contact and getting to the line. But even in this game, no free throw attempts for him. Uh, I think that's the second time in three games Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't had a free throw attempt. So, um, you know, I mean, a couple games ago, we know why. It was more of the referees. But still, that's kind of concerning, you know, to me. Uh, I think the Grizzlies just, I mean, without Ja, you know, when Ja's in the lineup, he's going to attack the rim and he's going to put the pressure on them and he's going to get to the free throw line. And then you'd have Ja, you'd have Jaron. But right now, that is an issue. Uh, what I took from this is, um, you know, Anthony Davis, he's he's tough to stop. 
And I haven't even really talked about LeBron James uh, yet. So I just want to touch on this real quick because everyone, I think uh, I, I posted during the game, I said I said it on X. I said, is it me or LeBron just looks like he has some extra juice? Like he had an extra pep in his step, you know, during this game. And most people kind of agreed, but they were kind of saying, hey, you know, he, he's he's playing like Dylan Brooks is still on the team. And I get that people were saying that because, you know, Dylan Brooks did kind of, quote, unquote, poke the bear or whatever the case may have been uh, last year during the playoff series. But come on now. Let's it's not it's we're not too far removed from what really got LeBron kind of uh, ticked off as it pertains to the Grizzlies. Remember two seasons ago, that's the real reason LeBron James, when he plays against the Grizzlies, he has that extra pep in his step. Two seasons ago, and Dylan Brooks was not on the floor during that moment. It was Jaron Jackson Jr. It was Ja Morant. It was uh, Desmond Bain. Uh, I think Kyle Anderson was on the floor. He's he's not playing, and it was one more guy. But the, the main three guys, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Ja Morant, those guys were on the floor uh, when – the sequence about, you know, Desmond Bain saying, you know, we ain't hearing those footsteps. And and uh, LeBron was talking about the Grizzlies, you know, talking trash while they were up. He wasn't fine with it. You know, uh, that whole sequence happened and he ended up like dunking on Jaron Jackson Jr. And all that. Like, I just feel like LeBron just has – there's going to be an extra edge probably for the rest of his career as long as those guys, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Ja when he returns on the floor – uh, for the Grizzlies. And the way I feel, why I feel like that, more so than him just saying it, simple. LeBron was considered questionable leading into this game. Uh, actually, to the point where he was a game-time decision. About an hour and a half before the game, uh, Darvin Ham met with the media and said that LeBron James would go through his pregame workout and be a game-time decision. And then when the game started, he's just, he's moving freely, and he's going at Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Jaron struggled in this game. We'll talk more about Jaron later, but LeBron was going at him on the offensive end, uh, knocking down shots, attacking him, going to the rim, and I mean, he had a lot of success. I think LeBron had 16 points, nine rebounds, and six assists, and he only played you know 23 minutes. Didn't play the fourth quarter, so he was probably on his way to a triple double, and then some if he would have played the full course of the game. But end of the day, it was an ugly game for the Grizzlies. Memphis shot 37% from the field, 38% on three pointers, but Two-point percentage just, just was very bad. Uh, 20 made threes, 19 made twos. So, again, the Lakers emphasized uh, eliminating the paint with the Grizzlies. We saw that in the playoff series last year, and it worked again uh, to perfection. And the one stat that really sticks out to me, uh, like a sore thumb, was what I wanted to see the most, and the Lakers won the battle. 54 rebounds for the Lakers, 33 for the Grizzlies. Yes, the Grizzlies got 13 offensive boards, but as Steven Adams likes to say, you know, you sometimes you get a lot of offensive boards because you got a lot of missed shots. And in the Grizzlies' case, they had over 60 missed shots in this game, whereas the Lakers only had 34 missed shots uh, with 10 offensive rebounds. So 54 to 33 rebounding advantage by the Lakers, uh, 22 to 35 from three-point range, 58% shooting from the field while the Grizzlies shot 37%. Just a whole entire recipe for disaster in this game. And just wasn't a good game for the Grizzlies. It was not a good game for the Grizzlies. And one of the reasons why it wasn't a good game for the Grizzlies, injuries, man. More in this game. We'll talk about that coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. Before we get to that, I got to talk to you 
about eBay Motors because eBay Motors is where you go to build your vision part by part. And here's the thing about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd. You say, oh, well, what they teamed up with Josh Lloyd for? Well, they're planning to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or or you scouting the waiver wire. I know I'm, I'm heavily scouting the waiver wire at this time of the season with all these injuries. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Uh, one guy that stands out to me on his list is none than Grizzlies or Jacob Gilliam. Look, this is his year in a deep league. If you're in a smaller league, he has other guys on there like Skylar Mays. Skylar Mays has played really good basketball with Portland while Malcolm Brogdon and Scoot Henderson have been hurt. But we're going to talk about Jacob Gilliam because for the deep leagues out there, for the people who play in the leagues, 12 teams more or more, those big leagues, Gilliam is starting the point guard for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have other injuries at point guard right now. Derrick Rose, uh, John Morant suspended. Uh, we'll talk about Marcus Smart a little bit later in the show, but Marcus Smart could possibly miss some time as well. This all clears the floor for Jacob Gilliard to be the point guard of the Grizzlies. He's shooting a lot of three-pointers. We know how, how uh, valuable those are, and he is a strong source for assists. Uh, I think Jacob Gilliard is a great option to take advantage of right there. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. You know why? Because it's the same way with your car. I mean, and I know this so well myself because I remember when I was in college, I had my nice 2001 Honda Accord, one of my first cars I ever got. And guess what? I needed a part. And eBay Motors helped me get an alternator for my car. And after that, I was off and running. So it's simple. Look, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brakes, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. All you got to do is go over to ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only, available to U.S. customers. Eligible items and exclusions may apply. Coming up next on Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to talk about the injuries. Because uh, the Grizzlies got Xavier Tillman back, but um, a couple other guys went down. So let's talk about it coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am the Michael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Thanking you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies, and uh, we got to about this injury problem that's going on because, look, man, if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, we were talking about the front court having injury problems just a week or two ago, where Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman was down. Steven Adams, we found out that he wasn't going to be available right before the start of the season. Then you got Brandon Clark on top of that. It was the front court having all the issues where uh, guys, they were having to play small, things like that. But if you fast forward in this game, again, we already know John Morant's out. Derrick Rose is week to week right now. Uh, still unclear exactly when he will return, but I will say, you know, he's been warming up before a certain game. I know I saw him at FedEx for him warming up before the game, just, uh, you know, taking some shots and things like that. So figured I would figure he probably won't be out too much uh, longer, but he's week to week by Taylor Jenkins' designation. 
So those are your two point guards that you have on your standard roster. Then you have Jacob Gilliard, who's on a two-way deal, by the way, which means he only can be active for 50 of the 82 games. Jacob Gilliard has been active for every single game. Active doesn't mean play. Uh, it means on the roster and available to play. Uh, he has not been sent on G League assignments, so he's been active. Uh, J- so Jacob Gilliard pretty much has 39 games left, unless you promote him to a standard contract, which means you're going to have to release another guy. And they're already going to have to release someone when John Morant gets back. So you're talking about some real tough decisions that will have to be made around here uh, sooner or later. But Marcus Smart was your next guy, right? Well, Marcus Smart injured his ankle first quarter uh I think he contested a shot against Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves ended up trying to throw an alley-oop. Uh, looked like Marcus Smart came down on his foot, twisted his left ankle, and he was down for a while. And if you followed the Grizzlies, if you've you know, listened to me or already on my content, uh, one of the things that stood out to me when I talked to people in Boston about Marcus Smart, they kind of talked about like his pain tolerance. You know, he'd have a sprained ankle and he'd get back on the court immediately and And basically, you know, you kind of forget that he's hurt. Well, in this situation, when Marcus Smart went down, he stayed on the floor. The Grizzlies went back, played offense for a position. Then they came back up the floor again, played defense for an entire position until the Lakers scored before the referees finally stopped the time while Marcus Smart literally sat on the floor for the entirety of those two positions. So the fact that Marcus Smart didn't get up, it was kind of a little concerning to me. I'm not going to lie. It was a little concerning because Marcus Smart is pretty much as tough as they come, you know, from that perspective. Then there's Luke Kennard. Uh, Luke Kennard exited the game in the first half. We found out uh, that he had some, you know, soreness, you know, in his left knee as well. And after the game, Taylor Jenkins said that both players, you know, he said that Luke Kennard was more pre- precautionary, but – He's still going to be reevaluated after the game. Same thing with Marcus Smart, except the precautionary part. It's going to be reevaluated, uh, and we'll have an update uh, probably before our next episode on what the, the long-term status of those two uh, may be. But, look, Grizzly got three days before the next game. You know, you get you got Wednesday off. They'll be coming back to Memphis, so I'm sure they'll, they'll, be, they'll be back, you know, in Memphis uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and before they head to San Antonio and play the Spurs on the road on Saturday. So you're probably going to get a couple practices in there on Thursday and Friday. They're not practicing today. So uh, with all that being said, uh, you have a chance, like, if these injuries aren't serious, you can get these guys back. But if they are, starting with Marcus Smart, it really hurts your point guard depth because, look, I know we've had the whole conversation about, you know, Marcus Smart is better off the ball and whatnot, and I wholeheartedly agree. But if you go through your options right now, you don't have many. Again, there's no Derrick Rose. There's no John Morant. Jacob Gilliard is, you know, I'm, I am I like his game, but he's a 5'8", 5'9", point guard on a two-way, two-way uh, contract. So, you can't, I mean, there's only so much you can do contractually. You know, with Jacob Gilliard at this point. So the point is, somebody's got to run the point. And I know, I know y'all ain't going to want to hear this. Some of y'all. It's, there's some John Conchar stands out there. I, I know my co-host Joe Monax gives me a hard time anytime I mention a John Conchar in this perspective. But when you talk about the point guard hierarchy on this team, 
you you got you know John Morant, you got you know uh Jacob Gilliard and, and Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose and those guys. But when you get to the other guys who have to move from their standard roles, uh you think of guys like Desmond Bain, who again uh, I think the Grizzlies have found success moving him off the ball a little bit more. Sure, he's going to play on the ball in stretches, but it's better to have him off the ball where you can create that movement. And uh, they're really generating good offense when he plays in that role. That's kind of why, you know, when Jacob Gilliard got elevated to the starting lineup, they had guys like Zaire Williams that they could have put back in the starting lineup, or they had a guy like Luke Kennard that they could have put in the starting lineup. But the emphasis was getting a point guard so he can move Desmond Bain off the ball a little bit more. So the point is, you got Desmond Bain, you got Luke Kennard, you got John Conchar. Those are probably your three guys who are next up in terms of handling the ball uh, if you don't have Marcus Smart, Derrick Rose, and um, John Morant it, behind Jacob Gilliard, of course, because you don't have Jacob Gilliard for a stretch. So Luke Kennard probably would be the next guy. And actually, we saw in that game, before Luke Kennard left the game, he did do some of the ball handling. But I have not been overly impressed with him in that role. I've actually been more impressed with John Conchar. Uh, John Conchar, I know. I know some of you like, what, DeMichael? But listen, John Conchar had six assists in his last game, uh, 16 minutes against the Lakers. We saw, if you want to see how John Conchar can fare in his role, go look at a 29-point loss from April of 2022 when the Grizzlies played the Boston Celtics. I know, 29-point loss, but you're not you're not looking for any of that. What you're looking for is John Conchar playing the point guard position. In that game, I think he had 10 assists. Uh, I think he had another game like that, too, where he had high assist numbers. I think it was against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but the point is, Conchar isn't a perfect option. He isn't a point guard. He's better off the ball. All those guys that I just mentioned are better off the ball. But I'm just kind of just stating what I know. These are the guys who are next up because of the injury issues. Uh, we'll see what comes from Marcus Smart. We'll see what comes of Luke Kennard. But that's just the situation that the Grizzlies are in right now. And at this point, look, man, you, you just got to make the most of it because it is what it is uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies right now, man. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So make sure you take advantage of that because it's called Locked On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts and Locked On. Plus, our national shows will be covering every league out there. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. Streaming 24-7, Locked On Sports Today, man. Y'all got to go take advantage of this. I think this is a great thing that Locked On is doing. But coming up next on Locked On Grizzlies, we got to point out you know, one of the star players who's been struggling lately, Jaron Jackson Jr. What's going on with Jaron Jackson Jr.? We're going to talk about that next on Locked on Grizzlies. But before we get to that, we got to talk about Ibotta. Because guess what? Thanksgiving's coming up, right? And how does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure that your Thanksgiving table is complete. Because, look, who wants turkey? without the gravy. I mean, turkey is great, but we know the best part of Thanksgiving is the sides. And with Ibotta, you can make sure that you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and the turkey, all while getting yourself cash back. Starting November 1st, right? For the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. All you have to do is just add the offers in the app to the Redeem 
everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and just upload the receipt. And Ibotta will give you cash backs on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Look, man, other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or even a gift card. All you got to do right now is download the Ibotta app. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the app. And now use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting on November 1st. Uh, Just go to the App Store or you can go to your Google and download the app. It's free. It's a free Ibotta app. And use the code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, to take advantage of this opportunity via Ibotta. Coming up on Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. Because what's really going on with Jaron Jackson Jr.? Talk about that next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back, everyone, to Locked on Grizzlies. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, right here in Memphis, Tennessee, most beautiful land in the world, as I love to say. But uh, things haven't been too beautiful, you know, around here lately. And and I think with the as that pertains to the Grizzlies, it's because uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is struggling, man. Jaron is struggling. And these struggles, I think there's trends that we're noticing because these are things he's going to have to clean up. Used to this Lakers game, it was the Clippers game, and I'm just I'm just going to get into the numbers with you real quick. This is this is what we've kind of noticed last couple games. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. against. The Utah Jazz, 14 points, four rebounds, two assists. Against the L.A. Clippers, 12 points, four rebounds, one assist. Against the Lakers, eight points, two rebounds, two assists. I mean, these are these are straight-up role-player-type numbers that you're getting from an all-star who entered this, who came into this Lakers game averaging 20-plus points. Like, the thing is, Jaron is having – if you look at the totality of his season, he's having his best year from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, I don't think he's having his best year yet. We just game a couple games ago where he didn't have like that rarely happens. The last two games, he's on block in each of those games. So there, there's a lot to kind of point out into what's really going on with Jaron Jackson Jr. Man, I gotta start with these these. Field goal attempts, the percentages, is, it's, it's weird. So you go to the first, a couple games ago, Utah Jazz game, the Clippers game. Those games, he combined took five three-pointers. Missed all five, but he only took five. So cool, like get get to the basket. Uh, the Utah game, 7 of 13, ended up being ejected. He was I thought he was much, he was aggressive. He was fine, but, you know, got ejected. Uh, the Clippers game and the Lakers game are the two that I really want to focus on, and I'm going to couple seconds uh against the clippers jaron three of 15 shooting oh of three on three pointers only four boards against the lakers more of the same for jaron jackson jr and just just straight up straight up i think he finished with eight points in this game three of 16 shooting from the field two of six on three pointers but three of 16 from the field. 
Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is 6'11", 250 pounds. 3 of 16. I know you're going against Anthony Davis, LeBron James. But guess what? I'm old enough to remember against those same two guys. Go back last season, game one, playoff series. Jaron Jackson Jr. dropped 30 ball on those dudes. But the problem is what's happened since that 30-point game. What has happened since Jaron Jackson Jr. scored 30 points against the Lakers in game one, and the Lakers felt like they had to make a defensive adjustment after that because uh, I think LeBron James started off guarding him in that game, and after that they switched Anthony Davis onto him. But here are the numbers. And I, uh, shout out to my guy uh, Keith Parrish at Fast Break uh, Breakfast. He he pointed this out. Uh, he he mentioned the Clippers game in here. I'm gonna I already talked about that one, so I'm gonna just look at the uh, LA Lakers games. Uh, four of 12, 13 points. Five of 15, 14 points. Three of 12, 14 points. Three of 16, eight points. Those are Jaron Jackson Jr.'s numbers last four games against the Los Angeles Lakers. You mix in the Clippers game in there, three of 15, 12 points. So basically a bunch of games where he's well under 50% from the field and he's not scoring more than 14 points. What I've come to notice from those two opponents is – they are really physical with Jaron Jackson Jr., and they're not going to just let him beat them one-on-one. So with the Lakers in particular, the Lakers do a good job of crowding the paint and basically daring the Grizzlies to shoot. That's why he took six three-pointers. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. took six three-pointers. He made two, but he shot three of 16 from the field and couldn't get much inside. We saw Anthony Davis blocked him a couple times. Talked about Anthony Davis having six blocks. A couple of those were against Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jaron just – Really never looked comfortable. Even when he made his one basket on the inside, it was like a nice spin move off of LeBron James. But he looked like he was almost off balance. Like he had to work really hard uh, to get that basket. It was a nice move, but he had to work hard. So then you go to the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers, yes, they play small a lot. We saw it again that, that game yesterday against uh, the Denver Nuggets. They ended the game playing small against Jokic of all people, which hardly ever works for anybody. Uh, but still, they tried the small thing against uh, the reigning um, – well, not the reigning, but, you know, two-time MVP or whatever, and it didn't work. But against Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, the Clippers did a good job of crowding him. I know we saw Kawhi Leonard guarding him. We saw Paul George get a steal for his turnover against him. And what those teams – what the Lakers and Clippers both do a good job, physical. They know they match Jaron's physicality. And they don't just let him, you know, pound them into the paint one-on-one. For one, those guys are all strong. Like, they're smaller wings compared to Jaren's size. But Kawhi Leonard is one of the strongest wings in the NBA. Uh, Paul George, you know, is very good with his hands. And, you know, he he, he can he's going to get steals. Like, he he's very good with his hands. And then with the Lakers, I mean, LeBron James has been one of the strongest players since he's been in the league. Uh, Anthony Davis is one of the best defensive players. And – those teams both do a really good job of being physical with Jaron Jackson Jr. There was something that Brevin Knight pointed out as well. Shout out to Brevin, uh, our guy, you know, with Valley Sports during the game. He was talking about Jaron pretty much going to the same move over and over and over. And we know when he gets to the rim, he tries to do that long stride with the two steps. And what it does is when he takes that long stride, uh, you're not planting your feet and giving yourself a chance to, like John Morant, for example. You don't see John Morant doing that 
those long, you know, two strided steps that often because it's hard to create elevation when you do that. Uh, that's what Brevin pointed out. And since Jaron is not creating elevation, yes, he's 6'11", but he's not 6'11 when he's going to the rim. If uh, He's basically, you know, making himself smaller. Anthony Davis is able to just swat the basketball so easily or LeBron James is able to easily contest shots because Jaron is making himself smaller when he's going against these physical defenses that aren't just making it. They aren't going to make it easy for him to just get to whatever spot he wants to get to and shoot that left-handed or right-handed hook. They're going to make him work for it. So I think now we know what the next evolution of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s game is. Sure, uh, he's taking a step forward in terms of uh, being aggressive and knowing when and who to attack. But um, it's a game against these type teams where he hasn't been productive. And the sample size is big enough now to where we got we to gotta point it out. Because at the end of the day, these are the type of teams you're going to see in the postseason. You know, I even think of you know, a team like the Nuggets. You know, They got a guy like Aaron Gordon who's a, kind of the same mold of defender as those guys that we just mentioned. So this is something that Jaren's going to have to work on. He's going to have to fix He's going to have to be really physical and he's going to match, have to match the physicality of those teams, right? Like that's something that Dylan Brooks, when he was in Memphis, he talked to Jaron about a lot, you know, being that dog and the physicality of opponents and things like that. So we'll see where Jaron goes from here uh, in that area, but it is definitely worth pointing out. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies on today. Make sure you continue to tune in to Locked on Grizzlies because. On tomorrow, me and Joe Molinax will be back with you, and we're going to talk about a lot of the things going on around the Grizzlies uh, and the team right now. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. A lot to uncover. Uh, remember, the Grizzlies got a few off days, so we'll have some practice updates, which means injury updates and what's going on with some of the key players who are missing right now. We're going to have injury updates on those guys, Derrick Rose, Marcus Smart, uh, Luke Kennard, and the list goes on. Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to have you covered with any and everything that's going on around the team. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. But thank you guys for tuning in to Locked on Grizzlies. And remember, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm DeMichael Cole, and we'll see you on Locked on Grizzlies.